This podcast is sponsored by Sky Residences. Experience sky-high possibilities and luxury condos overlooking the Edmonton skyline starting from $330,000. Learn more at liveskycondos.com. 10.45 on this just wild Tuesday in sports. It is uh, March 12th, and uh, everything seems to be happening uh, today uh, when it comes to the National Football League for sure. Odell Beckham Jr. traded to the Cleveland Browns earlier tonight. And just in the last uh, 15, 20 minutes, maybe, Adam Schefter and others announcing uh, Le'Veon Bell signing a four-year, $52.5 billion deal with the New York Jets. Wow. Uh, let's We're going to bring in Connor Halley, who is uh, the resident NFL expert around uh, these parts anyway. Of course, you know him from uh, the Don Wheaton on White uh, pregame show and the Jason Greger show from 2 till 6. Uh, can you explain to me, Le'Veon Bell sits out last year, which would have paid him over $14 million, and then he accepts a deal for around $13 million a year with the Jets. Is this, this, this seems like he's going backwards. Well, they are saying, you know, that he could max out, max out at about 60 mil. So I guess there's oh, some incentives okay. involved there, which, which could make it worth his while and preserves his body a little bit. But it is a little bit surprising. And I think that he must have realized at some point that the market just wasn't there that, you know, he thought he was going to get. And you have to wonder, were there people out there that are a little skeptical of kind of how he handled this and maybe nervous to give him too much of a deal because, you know, will he pull it again? Will he hold out? Will this happen? We're seeing more and more players start to do this. Antonio Brown kind of played his hand. So I I thought it was a good deal. And, you know, going back to November, I wrote something on Four Down Nation just about, you know, potential landing spots for Le'Veon Bell. And the Jets were one of them. You give Sam Darnold one of the best running backs in the game who can run the ball and is a threat out of the backfield as a receiver. Uh, This move makes sense for both sides. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I wonder if you're you're right. Where teams were like, you know what? This is a guy who has uh, missed a lot. You know, missed games due to injury, suspension, and of course uh, the holdout. That maybe they they were they were a little bit concerned with the the the, the past history of uh, of Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know. Do you, do you think he like? Uh, I don't know why anybody would think a running back in this day and age would get that much money that he wanted. They just they just don't last. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, there was a, an era there where we saw the Ladanian Tomlinson's, the Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes. Those guys were just the backs that could, could do a whole lot. And then something changed with the NFL where you're starting to see teams with two or three running backs, the Atlanta Falcons with Colvin. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did that for a little while. And, Team started to figure that that option out. I, I don't know why he would have thought he got so much would get a lot of money. I do think that he is a premier running back in the NFL in a class with Todd Gurley, and, and you know, with those two, you think they'd be similar. But Todd Gurley a little bit younger, uh, loyal to his team, and doesn't have the character concerns. And you know, not to knock on Le'Veon Bell, but like you said, he has been suspended a few times for substance and. There's been off-the-field issues. Todd Gurley doesn't have that, so I think that gets him a little bit more money. But if you're looking at strictly on-field production, Le'Veon Bell is elite and probably thought he deserved to be paid that way. Yeah, 32 games he has missed from 2015 to 2018 because of injury suspensions 
or uh, holdouts. Uh, we are chatting with uh, Connor Halley of TSN 1260 about uh, Le'Veon Bell signing a four-year deal. Um, Adam Schefter reporting $52.5 billion. Connor uh, adding in that it could be up to $60 million, so there are some uh, incentives. Do you think the Jets looked at it this in any way and said, uh, you know, this is a guy who had back-to-back 1,200-plus yard seasons, and he missed last year, so he's rested. You know, do they, do they look at that as an aspect of this uh, signing? I, I would think so, Dean. And, you know, there was questions when he gets back into the lineup, if he had played this year, would rest be a factor? And I think it would have, without a doubt. But sits out the full year rest, and when he comes into camp next year, he'll be ready to go once the season starts. He'll have a full training camp underneath him. So I think, you know, there shouldn't be too many questions about how, you know, if he'll be ready to go or not once the season starts. And another thing that he has mentioned in the past is that he does think that he could play receiver later in his career. So, you know, this contract is four years. If there is any drop-off, maybe he's a guy you can slide into the slot and get some production out of him that way because he does have that skill set. That's uh, that's uh, an interesting um, mindset to have. He, you know, he's very, very confident in himself for sure. We're speaking with Connor Halley uh, about uh, the uh, the big news in the NFL today. Of course, you can hear Connor uh, with uh, Gregor and Strudwick two till six, and he joins me on the Don Wheaton on White pregame show. Uh, the other uh, obviously explosive news tonight, Connor was uh, man Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Cleveland Brown. First of all, d- I think the Giants made out pretty good in this trade, getting the return that they got yeah i mean a first round pick well that's obviously we'll have to wait and see what they get out of it a third rounder and jabril peppers who was a first rounder i believe mm. two two years ago and that's the guy the versatility is there uh i don't know what skills it is i don't know if he'll ever be elite at the safety or the slot but he's a guy who's versatile and he can play all over he can help you in the return game as well and i i really like this move for the cleveland browns uh they've got a lot of young talent there that's going to be there for a long time uh, Baker Mayfield, anyone who got a chance to watch him mm-hmm. play last year, he puts a zip on the ball that, uh, you know, it it shows on TV. And I think that's, that's pretty unique. He'll go there, play with his former teammate at LSU and Jarvis Landry. And they have a good young tight end in David Njoku, who I think was kind of underutilized for the majority of the season. But towards the end, it opened up a little bit for him by adding Odell Beckham Jr. there. It's going to get even better for them. So that, that defense... Uh, you look at they also got Olivia Vernon earlier this mm-hmm. offseason, only a couple of days ago, from the New York Giants. Yeah. So a good relationship building there. But this team is going to be fun to watch. And you look at the Steelers, they lose two offensive weapons from their team. The Ravens lose a few players. This division, the AFC North, is wide open. Yeah, and there, that's our poll que- or our question of the night: Is do you think the Browns, who uh, you know, you can you can look at it and say they they probably in a lot of people's eyes have the the top one two receiver uh, duo in uh, Landry and OBJ, who not only are they former teammates at LSU, but their former receivers coach is now the Browns receivers coach. So it comes <laughs> full circle. But do you think that uh, the Browns are the favorite for the AFC North? I I think I do, and you know, a full season. For the Steelers without Antonio Brown, I mean, I, I really like Juju Smith-Schuster, but Antonio Brown's a top-five receiver in the NFL. You take him away, I think there could be some issues there. I think the Ravens might have some growing pains. A full year of running the offense with Lamar Jackson, uh, the Chargers in the playoffs kind of showed the uh, kind of get the blueprint there, how to slow them down. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to make some changes, but I think they'll still have a competitive team. Cincinnati, they're kind of the lovable losers of the NFL. <laughs> the Browns surpassed them in the standings mm-hmm. there. So, you know what? I think right now the Browns have to be the favorite to win the uh, the North this year. 
All right, and lastly, and, and uh, thanks so much for uh, jumping on with us uh, for a few minutes. The uh, the AFC West is the division you and I uh, concern ourselves <laughs> with, and uh, there's a there's a new big receiver in the AFC West. Um, you know, you're obviously a Chargers fan. I'm a Raiders fan. So, what do you think about the Raiders' work? And uh, I'm not expecting the Raiders to challenge the Chargers of Kansas City for the division title, but I think they can surge past Denver this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is very possible. Joe Flacco with the Broncos will be interesting to see. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs losing a few pieces, but to go out there and get Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. I think that's a huge addition for that defense. Uh, changing to our trading forward to the 49ers tonight, right? I'm sure Hernan Salas is smiling about that <laughs> one. But, you know, the Antonio Brown with the Raiders, that's, that's the one I think everyone has to watch. Uh, Amari Cooper didn't have any success with the Raiders last season. He goes to the Dallas Cowboys, and his season early starts to take off. So I'm not going to put those two in the same category. I think that Antonio Brown is just a little bit better than Amari Cooper at this stage of both their careers. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think the offense would likely be designed around Antonio Brown. You've got to get him 100, 120 receptions next year. And the pressure's on, on Carr. Uh, he was a guy who was a pro bowler a few years ago, helped get his team into the playoffs, unfortunately broke his leg before getting to see any of the playoff action. But... I think there's a lot of pressure on Carr this year, and there's even been rumblings that the Raiders might look quarterback in the draft. So it's going to be fun to watch the AFC West. No doubt. Uh, Conrad, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a few interesting thoughts on the NFL tomorrow on the uh, Gregor Show, and then uh, we'll be back with the uh, pregame show. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good show. You bet. Uh, there's uh, Connor Halley. Uh, I pretty much the smartest guy when it comes to the National Football League in uh, in this station, in my opinion. Uh, does some uh, writing as well. Um, and I'll, I'll, I, I listen to him a lot. I know uh, you you get some fantasy advice from uh, Connor Halley every once in a he's, while. He's like my lifeline, so yeah. I go to him when I need some fantasy advice. And uh, he's usually not wrong, so uh, he made my last decision for me. So we're going to see how the season turns out with his decision. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a really I, – I said this to uh, uh, somebody on Twitter tonight. I said – if the Raiders, who received uh, Antonio Brown in that trade, uh, they went out and signed an offensive lineman, they signed uh, a safety. If they would have went out and got Le'Veon Bell as well, yeah, then it would almost made up for trading Khalil Mack last year. But speaking of Khalil Mack, there's a guy traded in his prime as well for our top three, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I don't know, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, if they were to come in, they're going to be pretty good for our, you know a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer Antonio Brown's going to be, uh, you know, considered that ultimate. St- but Khalil Mack is going to be that for many years, I think. Yeah, and, and sorry, you know, how many first rounders do the Raiders? five in the next two years? That's insane. So I mean, listen, we all criticize John Gruden, immensely. and rightfully so, and rightfully man. so. But now, like you know, you got Antonio Brown, you got all those picks, you're building something, right? Like it's probably not what the fans want to hear now, like you're rebuilding again. But mm-hmm. with Antonio Brown, you kind of speed that up. And with all those picks, I mean, uh, he's not looking too crazy right now. Just a little bit. What a night. Uh, listen, we have Zig Fracassi coming up from Sirius XM NFL. The reason we wanted to bring Connor on is because we had to pre-tape that interview with Zig. So we didn't get to talk about Le'Veon Bell with him. Although we joked around that Le'Veon Bell was going to sign at some point after the interview. So that's why we brought Connor Halley on to uh, get the latest update on uh, the Le'Veon Bell situation. We'll go more in depth with some of the other moves so far in uh, the NFL pre-free agency with Zig Fracassi from Sirius XM NFL NFL in the next hour. Uh, But when we come back, 
We'll hear a little bit from the Edmonton Oilers as they get set to host the New Jersey Devils tomorrow. Uh, everything right now seems to be coming up Cassian, as in Zach Cassian. This is Sports Night on TSN 1260. We'll get a Sports Center update. Uh, I, are you going to go for an hour with all the stuff that's been going on? <laughs> gonna, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to fit it all in there. Yeah, I'm going to pick uh, the most important stuff, which is the obvious stuff. So, And yeah, and some NHL out-of-town scoreboards for all the uh, Oilers fans. All Excellent. There. Hernan will have a Sports Center update. We'll come back with some Oilers audio and more NFL talk in the 11 o'clock hour. This is Sports Night on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. You're listening to Sports Night with Dean Millard on demand. Three minutes after 11 o'clock, final hour of Sports Night uh, coming up here. My name is Dean Millard. As you just heard, Hernan Salas. Uh, this is really the night we could have used that extra 40 minutes tonight. Uh, of course, it was a barn burner of an Oil King game down in uh, Red Deer. You think those guys are still driving back? Yeah, probably. I know D and Dean. I know Guy was really hungry, so uh, they're going to stop by and pick up some food and listen to us. So, okay, well, uh, in, in case they're uh, listening, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2 on them right now and uh, watch out for that bump. Remember that in Revenge of the Nerds, uh, the guy's at home and he's texting someone. Like, they have some in computer invented, and he's like, watch out for that bump. And they're like, what bump? And then they hit a bump, and then they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ogre comes in. Nerds! Oh, I love that laugh. Oh, such a great movie. Gilbert? Gilbert, yeah. Uh, some pretty big names in those uh, movies yeah. as well. How about this? Uh, before we get to some Euler clips, uh, this from Darren Ravel uh, on Twitter. In 2018, a Jets fan tweeted at Le'Veon Bell saying the team would give him $60 million if he played for the green and white. Bell's response, not enough. He said, that ain't enough to come run with the Jets. Uh, he signed for $61 million tonight, if everything goes well. Uh, Todd Gurley, by the way, signed for $45 million guaranteed last year. Bell gets $35 million guaranteed. He bet on himself. I think he lost. No, he. I mean, he took a lot less than we all thought he would, but $35 but he million, he would. Yeah, $35 million guaranteed is still pretty... Uh, yeah, but pretty just from what he was wanting. Exactly. It's, it's a uh, step down. He was like, I want to be the highest paid. You know, we deserve it. And then yeah. he signs for this. You're kind of like, what do you... Well, as always, our secret uh, reporters have come through tonight because... This is uh, apparently Le'Veon Bell uh, just minutes after uh, signing the contract to go to the New York Jets. And I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Well, Jet fans like you now uh, as uh, Stuart Smalley uh, gets going there. And and one more, uh, this was apparently uh, Odell Beckham Jr. after hearing he was traded uh, from New York. This town's getting too rough for me. Uh, he's out of there now. He's uh, he's definitely out of there. <laughs> that's so great. Three Amigos is so oh, great, eh? That is, I was wondering where that's from. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, um, what do you think Steelers fans are feeling? Like, you know, Le'Veon Bell was, was a long shot to come back. Antonio Brown saga towards the end of the season when he kind of left the game halfway through and you know, uh, what do you think they're feeling right now? You think they're like good riddance or they're like... This is what I think Steeler fans and Ben Rosberger uh, feel about uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown right now. You dirty-eating piece of slime. That's what that's what uh, Ben, another three amigos. Uh, that's what I think Big Ben is thinking. <laughs> Steeler fans are like, what's going on? Like, is it, you know, I don't know. What would you rather have? If you had to pick one of those guys, Roethlisberger, Bell, or Antonio Brown... Don't you pick the guy who throws the ball? Yeah, 100%. But, so I mean, and James Connors. Yeah, he was, he was pretty back. decent I mean, last year, yeah. yeah. He's still Juju Smith-Schuster, so 
Uh, but man, the three the three Bs to one B. Not good if you're a, a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And then you might watch the Cleveland Browns win your division this year. But wouldn't that be something? <laughs> okay, so the Edmonton Oilers uh, trying to uh, drag themselves into a playoff spot. And uh, just a, a quick rundown of, of where things sit. After, um, uh, I think every game is completed now. Uh, by the way, the Calgary, Johnny Gaudreau had six points tonight, eh? Four points in a period. They scored nine goals. Yeah. Unreal. What a what an absolute uh, juggernaut! That's going to be a good battle between uh, San Jose and Calgary for uh, first in the Pacific and the uh, Western Conference. Like, would you have thought that the top top two teams in the Western Conference would be from the Pacific Division this year and not the Central? No, no way. No you thought can. Winnipeg and Nashville were going to run away with this conference? Well, not run away, but be the leaders. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dallas wins two nothing tonight. Uh, they now have eight point lead on the Oilers. Arizona wins. They now have a six-point lead. Uh, Minnesota didn't play, so the Oilers remain five back of them. Colorado didn't play, so the Oilers remain three back of them, and they're tied with Chicago. Uh, Okay, so here's Zach Cassian. Four goals and an assist in his last six games, but more than the points, Hernan, I think it's his physicality. He hasn't taken a penalty in 14 games, and he's still been physical. Sometimes we saw some bad penalties from Zach Cassian, none in the last 14 games. He's forechecking smart, as we saw when the, the Oilers almost came back in that uh, Toronto game. And Now, keep in mind, remember in that playoff run when everybody went crazy? He only had three goals in uh, in 13 games, but he was effective in so many other ways, right? But it was those, those hits on Logan Couture, right, right. that and, people remember. And the celebrations, yeah, the, yeah. the chops. But So, like, we, we think he had, like, maybe 10 goals or yeah, something. Yeah. He only had three. <laughs> but he was so effective in other ways, mm-hmm. just like he is right now. And, and he was asked today, is he playing the best hockey of his career? Best hockey? I, I don't know if I can say that. I can... I can say I'm giving a little more opportunity. Um, obviously, when you're playing with those two great players, or even you just taking time on the left side, um, you're going to get chances around the net, and things are going to happen a little more offensively. But uh, uh, I can definitely say I feel good out there. I feel comfortable. Um, the team's playing well, and we, I, I need to continue to play well. The team needs to continue to play well if we're going to be successful and, and try to get in the playoffs here. So there's uh, Zach Cassian. Oh, by the way, Guy Flaming, uh sent me a message. <laughs> He's like, hey, now, all three of us were hungry, not just me. And yes, we're still driving. So I asked him to, if they hit the bump or not. So. Well, uh, he was complaining in the pregame show he was hungry. So imagine. <laughs> okay. So when if you're Zach Cassian right now, you're in a playoff run. You're on the first line playing with the best player in the game, in my opinion. And he's a new dad. I mean, everything coming up Cassian right now. He gets so many. Having a baby girl is uh, the best feeling in the world. Um, obviously, hockey-wise, we're we're playing well and giving ourselves a chance to get in the playoffs. Obviously, that's what you play for, so that's very important. But um, nothing com- uh, compares to family, and to, to have a little girl a part of my family now, it's uh, it's uh, pretty amazing. Listen, I, I don't expect Zach Cassian if they uh, don't make the playoffs to be you know skipping out of the arena and uh, you know high fiving guys, but we know this. There are way more important things than sports, mm-hmm. and you know, considering you know where Zach Cassian was at one point of his life to now be on the top line in a playoff run, just had a, a beautiful daughter. I mean, 
he's he he is one in life just for being where he is right now. Oh, one hundred percent. And you can kind of see it in his face just watching that interview. How mm. you know you know having a daughter was the most. I mean, we don't have kids, Dean, but. From what I've heard, it's the most amazing feeling in the world. And he said that in his answer there. So good on Zach. He's playing really good hockey right now. His family's growing, and he's doing well. Okay, so now to Alex Chason. And and I, I he I thought it was a great answer today. He said, you know, he's on three straight one-year deals, two straight PTOs. Now he's knocking on the 20-goal door. Great first half, slow second half. But he was asked where he sees himself fitting in on a hockey team. Uh, here's uh, Alex Chase on, on where he thinks he fits in. The best answer I, I can give you for this is um, I, I think I'm, for myself, I, I'm not saying I'm a, a top six forward, but I think this year I've proved that I can play on the top line and I can play on the power play and I can help out on the uh, top six role and I can contribute offensively. And I think that's one thing for me. Um, where in the past couple of years, um, I've had those opportunities maybe, and I haven't been able to, to capitalize. And uh, but this year, obviously, right from the get-go, I've, I've uh, kind of grabbed it. Okay, so there's Alex Chase on knocking on 19 goals, and you know, like I think he was kind of accurate there when he said uh, maybe not a top six, but a top nine. Being a top, playing on that third line, you're not playing with Connor McDavid, so you have to expect some production mm-hmm. to uh, to go down. But uh, McDavid has 34, Drysaddle has 42, Nugent Hopkins has 22, Chase on knocking the door on 19. Uh, Ken Hitchcock was asked about uh, what a 20 goal ma- 20 goals means for a player and a team. Uh, as mentioned, the Oilers with three right now, and uh, Chase on sitting at 19. You know, there's two things you look at. First of all, how many, when you're gauging a team, how many 20-goal scores does the team have and how many double-digit scores do they have? And if they've got nine or more double-digit scores, you pretty much know that's going to be a playoff team. And so when he gets to 20 and you've got four or five 20-goal scores, you know you got a good hockey club. So to me, it's good for him, but it's really good for us to know that we've got some weapons out there that we can use. and. Okay, so I find that answer interesting because on one hand, he says if you have four to five 20-goal scores, you're a good team. Well, the Oilers could have, and most likely, I think Alex Chason's getting one more goal. Um, so they they will likely have four 20-goal scorers, but I don't think that means they're an automatically a good team. So a <laughs> yeah. texter asking uh, if Cassian could get to 20. I, I doubt Zach Cassian is getting eight goals in the next uh, 13 games, but whatever. Um, and, and But he also referenced double-digit goal scorers, and I look at that a lot of times with teams too, but you know the Oilers have Dreisaitl, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Chason, Zach Cassian has 12, uh, Darnell Nurse, could needs two more goals and he could get to 10. So that would give them six. That's nowhere near that. That's not close enough to the nine to, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could just rely on the three to four 20 goal scorers and look at this Oilers team as being a good team. Yeah. Because then the drop off after that is yeah. enormous, right? So yeah, it's, you know, after nurse, if he gets to 10, mm-hmm. uh, Clefbaum is at five. I think so. I had him at 12 when we asked how many goals nurse would get this year. Like remember when he took over the power play? For the injured Clef. Well, I think you had him at nine. I said 12. And I thought 12 was a little too high at the time, but it's yeah, doable. Maybe he gets 10. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it depends, I guess, how long Clefbaum's going to be out for, That's... right? 
Um, and back to Alex Chason. Last night, should have had his uh, 20th goal. He was asked uh, if on that third period power play, he thought he had his 20th goal. I think I should be at 25 right now. <laughs> Some of the opportunities I've been having lately. Um, but you know what? This game sometimes at the start of the year, everything I, I touched felt like was kind of going in. Um, lately, I've, my looks have been there. It's just it's they're just not going in. So. Um, I saw the other day Phil Kessel, pretty good player in this league, scored a lot of goals. I think he had been 16 games. Uh, I'm not comparing myself to Phil Kessel at all. I'm just saying it's it's a tough league to score. It's a tough league to to be there every night and um, contribute. And um, but like I said, uh, I think I've learned in my career that um, you can't look too far ahead. I think I, I learned from the past game and look forward to tomorrow and um, help the team win. All right, there is uh, Alex uh, Chason. All right, when we come back, Zig Fercasi from Sirius XM NFL. We uh, told you about uh, all the big deals in the uh, league tonight. Uh, we will chat with uh, Zig about that and some of the previous deals taking place in NFL pre-free agency. This is Sports Night on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. You're listening to Sports Night with Dean Millard on demand. 21 minutes past uh, 11 o'clock. We have you uh, right up to the John Deacon hour. In other words, midnight here on uh, TSN 1260, on Sports Night anyway. Uh, by the way, I, I received um, a direct message video from uh, Jordan Blundell, the uh, GM of the Edmonton Prospects, who I, I still think we're on for a baseball draft. We might be doing a baseball draft with uh, Jordan and some, uh, some Prospects fans, so hopefully that uh, comes about, but... He sent me a video of uh, a minor league announcer. I sent it to you. You didn't even think it was real. Oh, it's but it's it, so funny. He's so good. Like it's amazing. We'll try and slip some of it in in uh, the the final segment. But we might be trying to get this guy on the show just because some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is is just pure gold. Uh, speaking of gold, Zig Fercasi, uh, we're going to bring him in next. He is with uh, SiriusXM NFL, and you can follow him on Twitter at Zig Fercasi. Uh, now, just just to be clear, uh, we had to pre-record this. You know, Zig's out east. He needs to get his uh, beauty sleep, although he was probably woken up with the Le'Veon Bell news. So the reason there is no Le'Veon Bell conversation in this interview is because we uh, pre-recorded this uh, earlier tonight, and that's why we brought on Connor Halley uh, just a couple of segments ago to get the lowdown on the Bell um, situation, signing with the New York Jets. But we start off this conversation with Zig about the OBJ trade uh, to the Cleveland Browns for a first, a third, and strong safety Jabril Preppers uh, from the New York uh, Giants. And now OBJ joins former college teammate and at LSU, Jarvis Landry. They were great receivers there. So we asked Zig, do the Browns right now have the top receiver duo going into the season? Boy, you would have to make a real good argument, Dean, uh, that it is. And always good to be on with you, too, by the way. And I think that was one of the things that uh, OBJ had clamored for. You know, it was interesting, you know, not too long ago to hear Dave Gettleman at the Combine say, I didn't sign OBJ to trade him. Well, apparently uh, he had some other thoughts in mind, maybe playing some a uh, little bit of poker. He gets himself a first-round pick 
third-round pick, and of course you mentioned Jabril Peppers, So, and then the Giants had signed Antoine Bethay uh, earlier too, so they think now they've upgraded their uh, safety spot, but back to the receiving tandem, all of a sudden, yeah, you got the two uh, the guys from LSU in tandem together. Of course, you got the emerging young tight end there and David Njoku. Of course, uh, they bring in uh, Kareem Hunt. Of course, he had his issues off the field last season. So John Dorsey taking a bit of a gamble there. And then, oh, yeah, just for laughs, you got Baker Mayfield. So all of a sudden, I think the fans should rightly be fired up in Cleveland. You know, for the first time in gosh knows how long, there's some sizzle with the Browns. There seems to be some energy and a positive vibe. So hopefully OBJ behaves in Cleveland and he and Landry, you know, make Baker a better quarterback here. So, you know, interesting another deal. I mean, there was, uh, you know, the trade before not too long ago uh, with the Giants and the Browns. Vernon goes to Cleveland, Kevin Zeitler to the Browns. So, or to the Giants, I should say. So, you know, those two teams working together on a couple of significant deals the last few days. Yeah, Cleveland has been uh, a playoff void, I think, since 2002. And uh, you mentioned all the offensive names, and, and they bring in some defensive players. You have an emerging Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, this has to be the most optimistic uh, uh, Cleveland football team has been in, in uh, you know, maybe 20 years. Absolutely. You're, you, gosh, you may even have to go back to yeah. when you know they were reincarnated when they came back 20 years ago. I think there was that initial buzz then, you know, and then there was the 10-win season. I think it was back in 2002. So there really hasn't been a whole lot of you know stability, a whole lot of excitement there. But as I mentioned, I think that started to change with you know the addition of Baker Mayfield, and then once he was inserted to the starting lineup after the coaching change happened. You know, Cleveland became a formidable team, an exciting team to watch. There's no question about that. And now, you know, you're already starting to see uh, the way-too-early preseason prognostications thinking the Browns that may actually be the favorite in the AFC North, especially mm. with what seems to be going on in Baltimore. It seems like a major rebuild going on there. you got Pittsburgh unloading AB, and Cincinnati seems to be in flux. So uh, Cleveland right now is the, uh, on paper, you know, edgy, trendy type of pick there in the AFC North. Zig Fercasi joining us from Sirius XM NFL. Give him a follow on Twitter at Zig Fercasi. And, and the other side of the spectrum – you know, what's next for the Giants? Can they get anything worthwhile for Eli Manning? Well, if they, I don't know if they're going to trade him, but I do know that uh, I, I would be highly surprised if they didn't draft the quarterback they think may replace him. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of speculation that it could be the Ohio State kid, Dwayne Haskins, who threw for 50 touchdowns, of course, in his one you know, starting year with the Buckeyes, or there's a belief that they may go with the kid from Duke, uh, Daniel Jones, because, of course, he was coached at Duke by David Cutcliffe, who, of course, is very close to the Manning family. Is You know, he coordinated Peyton back in the day at Tennessee, and, of course, he does, you know, the Manning family camp and all that, so he's become really close with Eli. So I think with that first pick, the Giants probably go – you know, for that quarterback that they're looking for. And really at this point in time here, Dean, uh, you know, Dean, I'm not sure what they have left to trade. I mean, Collins mm. left for Washington via free agency. You traded um, uh, Olivier Vernon. You traded OBJ. 
not really a whole lot to trade for. You're certainly not getting rid of Barkley, so it, it looks as though the Giants are going to build this up again through the draft. No question about it. Yeah, we'll see how long uh, it takes them. We've seen some teams turn it around uh, very quickly, and other teams, obviously, as the uh, aforementioned Cleveland Browns, have uh, taken forever. As we are talking NFL free agency with Zig Fercasi from SiriusXM NFL. Follow him on Twitter, at Zig Fercasi. And, and things really got uh, you know blown up on Saturday night when Antonio Brown goes to Raider Nation. That kind of kicked things off. Uh, we're a couple of days in now, and, and the excitement for the NFL free agency, like it's already surpassed the entire Major League Baseball offseason. And like it was so dull in Major League Baseball, the NFL has blown that out of the water. Um, were you surprised by the price for Antonio Brown? You know, that's a great question. Of course, everybody that's uh, a fantasy football nerd or, you know, these, uh, you know, the, the fans that think that they're GMs, well, they should have got three number ones for Antonio Brown. Well, in reality, the fact of the matter is that Steelers probably got the best offer that they could. And, you know, we discussed that on the weekend here on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Okay. You think from you know the Steelers' point of view, a third and a fifth-round pick for arguably the best receiver in the NFL doesn't sound like much. Well, maybe so, but let's not forget a few things. Number one, he was a sixth-round pick. Number two, he checked out on his team on the final game of the season. Number three, you're not having to pay that salary anymore. And number four, you're rid of the headache. So I don't know if I'm trying to be Dr. Phil here, but I'm trying to look at this from a, a positive standpoint. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've moved on from Bell, you've moved on from Antonio Brown. So now the focus has got to be once again on Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, you got Juju Smith-Schuster there. You've got James Conner, so they've got some good uh, tangible pieces there. Uh, you've got the young receiver, uh, Washington, out of Oklahoma State. So uh, I think now they may have to look for some depth at tight end. I know they signed Nelson, the cornerback, today, so they needed some help defensively. So I think from Pittsburgh's point of view, they definitely got rid of a big-time headache, and maybe now they go back to focusing on football or as Ramon Foster, who recently re-signed, told us famously, I got pissed off hearing that we were the football version of the Kardashians. Wow. Oh, yeah, he said that. He, Ramon's a straight shooter, Dean. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's really one of the good guys, one of the good guards in the game. And he didn't mince words talking with his former teammate Max Starks and I, basically saying, you know what, there were a few things that opened my eyes last year, and the drama really was one of them. And then I asked him, I says, well, is the leadership good? He says, oh, there's nothing wrong there, but it's just I get tired of you know, people saying we're the football version of the Kardashians. If that doesn't get you pissed off, I don't know what will. So uh, those were some blunt words, and maybe now they move on from the drama in Pittsburgh. Uh, no doubt. We are chatting NFL free agency with Zig Fercasi from NFL, or Sirius XM NFL. Follow him on Twitter. At Zig Fercasi, uh, the Raiders have been pretty active. Uh, they saw, uh, they traded an O lineman. They signed O lineman Trent Brown, who played with New England last year, and free safety Lamarcus Joyner, formerly of the Rams. What do you think of this offseason compared to last year when everybody was uh, just crushed when Khalil Mack was traded? Yeah, and then ultimately they dealt Amari Cooper. Well, there's there's no doubt that the Raiders needed to make a splash, and you know, obviously you get. 
you know, one of the, the premier playmakers in the National Football League. Then you mentioned LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, they also signed Trent Brown, who parlayed his one year in New England. Basically, he was off the street. And then the Patriots make him, you know, look like a facsimile of Anthony Munoz for one year. And now the Raiders are hoping that, uh, you know, Trent Brown continues to perform at a high level. Joyner, you mentioned, solid player with the uh, with the Rams. So the Raiders still need to make a lot of moves. There's no question about that. But I think what they've done in the interim is definitely try to re-bolster that defense. Now you get Derek Carr, who you hope is your quarterback of the future, but with Gruden, you never know. So you're hoping with Carr, that helps him out a little bit. Um, obviously, beast mode, um, he, he should be playing this year because if they had moved to Vegas this year, Dean, there's no way he would have left. We were told that by uh, his agent, uh, Doug Hendrickson, a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see how they ultimately you know, fill more holes because they still have the three number one picks and a number two. And that's something from the Oakland standpoint that I think is pretty important here is the fact they didn't give up one of their three first-round picks or a second to get Antonio Brown. So that's good value on them. And I can see a scenario where the Raiders trade down with one of those first-round picks stockpile, get even more picks, and fill in more needs. Although with Gruden, you know he loves his veterans, so I think you're going to try to find a good balance of veterans and rookies. Because remember now you got Mike Mayock, the uh, highly acclaimed analyst from NFL Network now as his GM. And as we all know, Mike loves his college rankings and his college drafts. So we'll see how they reconcile that there in Oakland. How about safeties getting paid this offseason? Joyner, as we mentioned, Landon Collins in Washington, Terran Matthew with the Chiefs. Um, you know, it was a slow offseason last year in that, but business picked up for safeties this offseason. It has. And, you know, let's not forget, maybe he's not the sexiest name out there, but the kid from Chicago, Amos, he wound up with the Green Bay Packers. So right. now it'll be real interesting to see what happens. I guess the biggest name still out there in terms of that position is Earl Thomas. And there's a lot of people that still believe he may wind up with the Cowboys because, you know, we, we all remember that, that shot there at the end of the game, what was it, two years ago, when you saw Earl Thomas and Jason Garrett walking arm-in-arm, and he famously told Jason, come get me. So, uh, but again, you know, I, I'm not sure at this point in his career that uh, Earl Thomas is getting – what, say, Landon Collins or even the Honey Badger got 14 mil for a guy who's now 30, who's had a couple of significant injuries. I don't think that happens. I think if the Cowboys do make kind of a splurge, it would be on him because I think that would really solidify what's already a pretty good secondary. But in Dallas, you still have Dak to take care of, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Tank Lawrence. So they got to take care of their own guys maybe make a splash or two, a little splash or two in free agency. Maybe one of those guys is going to be Earl Thomas, who, like I mentioned, is a Cowboy fan from his youth in Texas. We are chatting NFL free agency. It's been uh, wild so far. We're uh, doing it with Zig Fakasi from SiriusXM. tampering Dean, by the way. That's so. right, yeah. SiriusXM, uh, NFL. Yeah, I, I guess the free agency hasn't even started, but we know all the uh, details. You know, the NHL does this. It's absolutely brilliant uh, because it creates – uh, interest, more interest in everything, and 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 one of the more interesting moves was 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Bortles era is over. It's Nick Foles' time, four years, $88 million. Um, There was a, a theory thrown out on the NFL Network that they – they gave him that much money, so he will garner more respect in the locker room, thinking if they lowballed him, his teammates might look at him differently. He does have a Super Bowl MVP, though. He does, and let's face it, he's a guy that you know is a, is a very uh, team-oriented player, and like you mentioned, has the Super Bowl championship. But you know, it's a couple of things that kind of get under my craw. There, number one, they essentially bid against themselves because. I'm not sure there was really all that much market for a guy like Nick Foles. So I think that was something that kind of raised a few eyebrows. And number two, I think the thing people need to look at long-term is, is he a guy that can you know, get back to that form where he was his rookie year? Gosh, he had 27 interceptions to two uh, 27 touchdowns to two interceptions, so it was a ridiculous ratio. But then by the next year, you know, people figured him out, and then he was basically out of football uh, before Andy Reid came calling, and then ultimately went back to Philadelphia, and as we know, took over when uh, Carson Wentz got hurt. So I think, you know, in a short term, Dean, you could be looking at a guy that is a a good guy in terms of, you know, filling in and all that, but four years, $88 million, I, I think that's uh, a little bit pricey, and he doesn't, to me, have, you know, the weapons that, you know, that obviously are in Philadelphia, although if Fournette comes back focused, I think uh, that gives him a hell of a ground attack, but I don't like their receivers as much as I do the Philadelphia uh, guys, and also their, you know, their offensive line I don't think is as strong as the Eagles are either, and here's Jacksonville, a team that was a half away from getting to the Super Bowl two years ago. Then they purged themselves of all these big-name salaries just to take on this guy who you wonder about. So I, I'm a little bit up in the air on the Nick Foles thing, to be perfectly honest with you. Zig, as always, I uh, appreciate the time and uh, enjoy uh, when free agency actually begins. You got it, my friend. Thanks, Dean. Not a problem. There's Zig uh, Fercasi. We chatted with him uh, earlier before the Le'Veon Bell news came down. Uh, you were just mentioning to me uh, that you're not sold on uh, Nick Foles. I-, I know one guy in the All Nighters Fantasy Football League that'll probably take Nick Foles first overall with the uh, whatever with his first pick. But um, I just don't like. I-, I I find it strange that they're like we can't lowball this guy because he won't be respected in the locker room. But he does have a Super Bowl MVP. The problem is he doesn't have the same roster uh, when he won that MVP in Jacksonville. Of course. It's, it's two different, complete, completely different rosters, uh, offensive coordinators, everything. So, I mean, I think this is kind of like similar to a Kirk Cousins where, they're, you know, Kirk Cousins is good in the regular season. Doesn't He couldn't get a very good Minnesota Vikings team into the playoffs. No, mm. it's not all on him, but I, I just Their don't see. Their defense wasn't as good last yeah. year either, yeah. No, Nick Foles is an upgrade on Blake Bortles. That's obvious. But how much, right? But how much, exactly. Like, are they like going to. $88 million worth? That that's the thing. I think they overpaid for a guy that's on the downswing. Like his peak moment was that Super Bowl for sure. But he's a, wanted to be a starter. Now he gets his uh, opportunity. So good on him. Uh, also, I I heard the uh, the Saints might be trying to bring Des Bryant back. You know, like I don't think that's a bad move. You've got a, no. a star quarterback there. If you bring Des Bryant in for one year, even if he plays like twelve games for you, and racks up and and is a force in the playoffs if he can get back to that.
All righty. When we come back, we're going to try and sneak in a minor league baseball announcer that has uh, Hernan and I in stitches. Uh, we're we're going to try and get this guy on the show at some point. But uh, final segment, we'll get to some of that and uh, your text messages in the Boston Pizza inbox. Uh, by the way, our question of the night uh, with the uh, new edition of Odell Beckham Jr. We asked you, are the Browns the favorite in the AFC North right now? Get this on Twitter. 50-50 right now. 50% say you know it. 50% say they'll mess it up. So that's interesting. It's not as tight on Facebook, though. No, uh, 230 votes in. It's 58% for no, they'll still mess up. I think I'm, I'm going with yes. They're, they're the favorites right now, in my opinion. A lot can change. A lot can change, yeah. But, but there was rumors that Bell was going to Baltimore. That's out the that's, that's out yeah, the window yeah. now. So I mean, and Zig said it like all those teams are kind of like in a rebuild now. Yeah, so Suggs this is, is Cleveland's year, maybe. Yeah. yeah, you bet. All right, uh, this is sports night. We'll have some uh, fun when we come back with a uh, just a, a really creative minor league baseball announcer. You're listening to TSN 1260 Edmonton Sports Leader.